Hello, good afternoon everybody and welcome to Josh's show, Josh's podcast, Get Your Goat. How nice it is to be here with you talking about sports after this weekend. It's President's Day, so let's get into it. Let's get into what we're going to talk about. We have NFL, NBA, college, sports, a couple movie reviews, so let's get into it. Let us get in to the show today. First, let's start off in the NFL. And the question today is, what teams that made the playoffs this year that will not make the playoffs next year? And there are a few teams, uh, especially in the NFC, but we'll start with the AFC. And to me, there's only one team in the AFC that seems to me like they're not going to make it next year and what the most likely possibility is for that team. And to me, the team that made the playoffs this year that won't make it next year is the Philadelphia Colts. Uh, Why do I say that? Well, they barely got in. They were the last seed. Yes, they were 11-5, number 7, but... They have a huge question mark at quarterback. Uh, Philip Rivers has retired, and quarterbacks have been on the move. And to me, it looks like the Colts are staying put. It looks like they want to make a deal, but doesn't look likely that they will pull a trigger to make a deal. So they are left with Jacoby Brissett is their remaining quarterback now to be seen if they were to sign him back. Uh, Jacob Eason. So that's huge. Yes, they have phenomenal running backs, and uh, Jonathan Taylor and Nines, they have a great duo. Uh, they really need to upgrade at receiver, uh, other than T.Y. Hilton. They don't have big playmaking wide receivers. They have a great offensive line, though, to protect the quarterback, and they have a great defense led by Darius Leonard uh, that really stood out this year, De- DeForest uh, Buckner, just a great defense. So this team is really missing a quarterback. Even last year, this team would have been better if they had an upgrade over Phillip Rivers. But uh, right now, the only potential upgrade there would be is Deshaun Watson. To me, Carson Carson Wentz is a regression of Phillip Rivers. That would not benefit the team uh, unless they do some draft day deal to get a higher up pick and draft uh, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, someone of that calendar caliber. I don't see the Colts making the playoffs again next year uh, at all. And why do I say that? Is because I think the Dolphins are going to make it. The Miami Dolphins are going to replace them. They were just one game back of making it a Colts loss. A Dolphins win would have done it, but... This is a huge offseason for Miami, uh, especially in terms of Tua Tagovailoa's progression. Uh, Split a lot of starts last year between Fitzpatrick and Tua. Another year under his belt as a starter going in with that confidence, getting more first-team reps, more practice. All that is super beneficial, and it's going to pay off in the long run. Uh, They were 10-6 this year. Nobody expected that. I expect them to be a lot better next year. 
Xavier Howard leading this defense, a top cornerback, is always a sure thing to have, always helpful. And then another huge thing that the Dolphins have is they have two first-round picks. They have their own 18th pick, which you always get a solid player, but they also have the number three round pick, courtesy of the Houston Texans. So they have a huge player they can get. They can help out this offensive line, draft an offensive lineman. Uh, They could draft another stud wide receiver, a la Jamar Chase or Devontae Smith, to pair with Tua in this offense. Uh, So they have options, and they're going to get two really good players in this draft, really a great player and a really good player to bolster this Dolphins team. And to me, that's what they need to get them over the edge and really complete compete with the Buffalo Bills for a division and try to win the division and get back into the playoffs. A lot of people are thinking of the Patriots trying to be back with a lot of players that opted out before the year, opted back in. But guess what? Yes, that is nice helping out the defense, but they need a quarterback. Cam Newton's not the answer. He won't be the answer next year. Uh, Jarrett Stidham's not the answer. Brian Hoyer is not the answer. They need a real deal quarterback. Uh, they also need wide receiver help because uh, Jacoby Myers isn't the real deal. So they need help on the offense. Uh, Bill Belichick needs to prove that he's a great coach and it wasn't just Tom Brady carrying this system. So until we see that and see this draft since he is the GM, see how well he does, then that remains to be seen. And I don't see the Patriots coming back this year in a loaded AFC with the Chiefs, uh, the Steelers, the Titans, the Ravens, the Browns. And in their division, they have to go against the Dolphins twice a year, the Bills twice a year. You also have Las Vegas ahead of them. You have the Chargers up and coming with Justin Herbert, who are going to be really good. And I think they'll just be on the fringe of missing the playoffs. So there's a lot of good teams to compete against in the AFC. Next is the NFC, where I see a lot more shakeup coming down. The first team I see missing the playoffs is one that has been so rock steady really the past 10, 12, 15 years with Sean Payton as a quarterback and Drew Brees, or Drew Brees as a quarterback and Sean Payton as a head coach. So what team is that? You guessed it right, the New Orleans Saints. I do not see them making the playoffs next year. One huge thing, Drew Brees is retiring. That is huge. You are left with Taysom Hill, a more gadget player than a true quarterback, and Jameis Winston, who just was a quarterback two years ago for the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 7-9, and nine, throwing for 30 interceptions, and they didn't want him because they were to get Tom Brady. So you have that. Uh, you have Tom Brady in your division, which doesn't help. You're going to have to face him twice a year with no Drew Brees. And another huge thing is salary cap issues. Uh, you are so deep in the salary cap uh, against you. You have to make some big decisions this offseason, rework some contracts uh, to help that out. You can't really sign any big names. So with that, uh, they should be in a market for a quarterback, but likely won't get one. 
So with that and how well the NFC is and other teams that have made trades are, I do not foresee them making the playoffs. I foresee the Buccaneers winning this division. New Orleans will not be getting a number two seed or anything close to that next year. Next on the list is the Chicago Bears. Uh, they barely snuck in the playoffs at the seven seed at eight and eight, and they're not making it next year. You have Mitchell Trubisky, who's a free agent, but he's not that great of a quarterback. Uh, just memes now popping up of him passing on Patrick Mahomes again. That's going to be reminiscent of a draft again. Uh, Nick Foles uh, was good with the Eagles, and he's played good in spurts, but a long-term solution for a 16-game season. He is not the guy either, but he should be with that salary cap or that contract that he has. And what else? They are in a division that they will not win next year with the Packers, and they got off to a fluky 5-1 and one start this year. Uh, they got lucky beating the Lions. If DeAndre Swift were to have caught the game-winning touchdown at the end, they would have started 0-1. Uh, they barely beat the Giants by four points. They had a miraculous comeback against the choking Falcons, who choked away leads all year long. And then they barely beat the... Buccaneers by one point because Tom Brady forgot how many downs he had left. Thought he had one more down and he didn't, but that game shouldn't have been close from the beginning. So they got off to a fluky 5 on 1 start before they started losing a bunch of games after that. Uh, and then kind of picking it up near the end where we played lesser competition and we're winning. So I don't see them getting off to another fluky 5 on 1 start. And they will not be making the playoffs this year. Uh, they have good players. They have David Montgomery, Allen Robinson, Khalil Mack. They have talent. But they are lacking a quarterback. And do you see the thread here? Do you see the common theme of teams that will miss a playoffs next year? That's right. Teams with quarterback issues. Because quarterbacks are needed in this league. It's a quarterback league. It's a pass-happy league. And when you don't have quarterbacks that are reliable and can play, they're more likely than not not going to make the playoffs. Next team on the list in the NFC is another team facing potential quarterback issues, which is the Washington football team. Yes, they were 7-9 and nine this year, but in the worst division of football in the NFC East, which is just terrible. Uh, that's the only reason why they won this division. Yes, they have a great defense with a great defensive line, so I will give him credit. We'll give him credit on that. Chase Young is no joke. That defense is no joke. But they got issues at quarterback. Uh, Alex Smith, comeback player of the year, played solid at times, but he is not the Alex Smith of old with Andy Reid and the Chiefs or Jim Harbaugh and the 49ers. He is no longer that quarterback. Uh, Heineke is not the answer. So you need a quarterback in order to win this division. Yes, it may not be as much needed, uh, considering how worse and terrible this division is than all the other divisions. But a quarterback is needed. And to me, their running backs, Antonio Gibson and Barber, they're not true answers at the running back position. So this offense does need some help, but especially quarterback. They need a reliable starter. They were in on the Matthew Stafford sweepstakes. Could not get them. So they need a quarterback 
that is needed. But they do have the potential. This is the one I think they could get back because of their defense and if they just find a competent starter. Why? I think the Cowboys are going to win the division next year. They'll be the one lone team representing the NFC East. I expect Dak Prescott to be there, or if not him, uh, another quarterback. They'll trade him for us quarterback. So I expect there to be more steady quarterback play there than the Washington football team. They have more offensive talent with Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Amari Cooper, uh, in this decent offensive line they can block. So to me, their offensive talent, they can definitely score points and get points up on the board. Uh, CeeDee Lamb, I expect him to have a huge year next year. Another year in the system with Kellen Moore. Mike McCarthy, to me, this is a huge make-or-break year. They have Michael Gallup, so they have talent on this. The only issue I see is really what the football team has and the Chicago or the Dallas Cowboys don't, and that's a defense, especially a rush defense. Uh, teams torched the Cowboys all year long on the run game. Uh, they were dashing on them, torching them, whatever you want to call it, uh, all year this team could not stop the run to save its life. Uh, they were terrible against the run. This whole defense is terrible. Mike McCarthy needs to get that fixed ASAP if they want to win the division because if they play defense like they did last year where they could stop nothing coming in, they're not winning the division. I would revert back to the football team next year. The only reason I'm, I'm hesitant on this pick because uh, to me, whatever is wrong with the Cowboys, whatever hole it is, it just, it is the team, the opposing team finds that hole, that weakness, and they expose it so much, and there's just no answer for it, really at all. Uh, they don't adjust. This is not a team that adjusts, especially during halftime. They're down at halftime. They're not the team to instill confidence in a comeback. Uh, they're a team that will get down on its back, wag its tail into submission because they knew they lost. They'll take that out. So really, to me, it's just a grab-up between really all four of these teams, but I'm picking the Cowboys to get back and win the division. It's definitely not a great pick, not a safe pick, especially considering recent years what this team has been like. But all right, who replaces the Bears and the Saints? I'm going to go with an obvious one, I think, and that's the San Francisco 49ers. They're going to be back in the playoffs next year. They're going to be healthy. They're going to have Jimmy Garoppolo back, their starting quarterback. They're going to have George Kittle back. The great combination. Jimmy G trusts George Kittle, and I would too. He makes plays. You have to double him. Uh, he's a great tight end, great blocking tight end, great pass-catching tight end. That's huge. Adam, their speedster, uh, Brandon Ayuk, get him familiar with Jimmy Garoppolo. That's huge. And then the health of Nick Bosa, he'll be back next year. A great defensive lineman, uh, Fred Warner, one of the great linebackers. This defense will be just all right, even with losses like Richard Sherman and other ones. Uh, and guess what? They also have a 12th pick this coming year in the draft. So they're going to get a really really good player 
in this draft to bolster up whatever they want, offense, defense, but that's definitely going to help them out, add to the depth on this team, and I expect them back in the playoffs, replacing those either Chicago Bears or New Orleans Saints, one of the two. It doesn't matter. They'll be replaced. Next team that's going to replace one of these two teams is the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, what a duo that was. Started off so hot, 6-3. and three. Hale Murray, the play to DeAndre Hopkins, play of the year. What a play that was, and they faltered after that. Down the stretch, Kyler Murray got injured, and they could not win one of their couple last games to get into the playoffs. I expect this duo to progress. I expect them to play really well next year. Chase Edmonds, Kenyon Drake in the backfield uh, definitely helps. Buda Baker, one of the best safeties in the league, anchoring that defense. They have a solid pick in the 16th pick. They'll get somebody. And with Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins forming more of a rapport with each other, getting more practice time, getting more field time, I expect them to be one of the teams that makes the playoffs. And I expect really the whole NFC West to be in the playoffs. I think the division winners of the Cowboys, the Packers, and the Bucks will all be in, all three of those. But then you'll have all four NFC West teams in the playoffs. The Seattle Seahawks, the Los Angeles Rams, the San Francisco 49ers, and the Arizona Cardinals. To me... That's it. With that seventh one, that's helpful for them as well. So that's huge. And really, when you look at the competition behind them, uh, to me, the Giants, if they get in, they'll win the division. They're not a team that'll overtake one of those, neither with the Panthers. Uh, to me, you might have the Vikings. Uh, maybe they'll ascend with Justin Jefferson, with Kirk Cousins, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook. Yes, they have a good offense, but this defense is not good. It's going to take a really Mike Zimmer special to get this defense rolling. Because last year they were terrible on defense. And Mike Zimmer is that defensive coach, that defensive-minded coach, and he could not solve their issues on defense. It's going to be interesting to see if he is able to solve any of them this offseason and get unprepared. If it is, that's the only wild card one to make the playoffs next year. But I do not foresee that because I foresee the stronger offenses of Arizona and the 49ers to get this done and not allow the Vikings to get in. So that's what I have for the NFL. That's the NFL talk for the day. Let's get into the NBA. And starting with the NBA, you have the Lakers losing to the Nuggets last night. Uh... To me, it was kind of expected. I thought they were going to lose. Uh, they were riding a seven-game win streak on overtimes and double overtimes, so you knew that little happiness trail was coming to an end. And it came to an end last night for sure. came to its head when we lost. Uh, LeBron did what he did in the game, as he always does. One uh, assist shy of a triple-double, 22 points, 10 rebounds, 9 assists. But he could not buy a three-pointer to save his life. Didn't even knock down one yesterday. Uh, tried him, pulled him up, shot him up. But he could not make any yesterday. 
that's what hurt them, and really this whole team. Markeith Morris either was just running around the court. He didn't contribute, didn't make a shot, zero points on 10 minutes. Uh, he was just running up and down the court, just having a good time. He wasn't scoring. And this Nuggets team just looked better. Jamal Murray had 25, Jokic had 23. Uh, even though, you know, you look at the stats, Lakers were more, more efficient. Similar things. But this game was lost because of the Lakers' inability to knock down three-point shots. I think the Nuggets were somewhere around 40%, where Lakers were half of that at a measly 20%. I think only six three-point shots knocked down that whole game. They were cold from three all night. Uh, That is rare for them to be that cold, uh, and that's why they lost this game. But there's a bigger issue at hand, which is the AD injury. Uh, He aggravated Achilles, right Achilles strain, and then they just did an MRI. It was revealed it'll be a calf strain, and he's going to be reevaluated in two to three weeks. So this is huge. It's huge. It's not really a huge Achilles issue where there's no tear or rupture, but he is going to miss two to three weeks. That is big. LeBron is going to have to carry the load now for his team, as he always does. But this is huge. They need his defensive presence, his offensive presence, what he brings to the table, mismatch problems, guarding the one through five, what he does so well. But you look at their next stretch of games, really, uh, he's out for their foreseeable future till March 3rd, at least. But it'll be around two weeks, a little bit more than two weeks. And that's kind of when they do the reset on the schedule. Uh, pan out the next game. So when you look at that, let's quickly go through the schedule and see if these are winnable games without AD. Boom. First one, tomorrow night. Lakers-Timberwolves. Is this a winnable game without AD? Yes, it is. Very much so. The Timberwolves are not a good team at all. Uh, when you're Malik Beasley is your top scorer, uh, Ricky Rubio's your assist. Uh, they are not good in all. D'Angelo Russell out. Uh, yes, they'll have uh, Anthony. I mean, what's his name? Uh, Carl the Cat. Carl Anthony or Carl Towers. Oh man, now I forgot. But uh, Carl Anthony Towns. But they'll be the Timberwolves handily. I think even with LeBron. LeBron is knowing for carrying the load. Carrying teams this victory, and that's what he's going to be doing for the next two to three weeks. Then he faces the Nets. And to me, this was the finals preview. This was when we were looking on AD, LeBron and company against the trio of Kyrie, Le- KD, and uh, James Harden. But now that's really put on hold. This is really no longer a finals preview without one of the top five best players in the league on your team. So I think the Nets will beat the Lakers without him. Uh, You can't really judge that game fairly now. Then you have the Heat and Lakers. I expect the Heat to beat the Lakers. Uh, Finals rematch of last year. Uh, I expect Bam, Jimmy Butler to handle this game and to beat the Lakers, sending them on a two-game losing streak. Then I think they'll rebound 
against the Wizards and win because Wizards defense is bad. Yes, he'll get points from Bradley Beal, but LeBron will find a way to get a win, avoid that three-game losing streak before he goes and loses again to the Jazz, uh, who are playing like the best team in the NBA. So he'll lose that. Then he plays the Trailblazers, lose to the Trailblazers, plays the Warriors, lose to the Warriors, sending them on now a three-game losing streak. Then he plays the Suns. He'll rebound and play the Kings, rebound to be 2-0 and in March, sending them without AD. I think they'll go 1, what's that, 1, 2, 3, 4. I think they'll go 4-5 and five without AD. That's what I think. Definitely think they'll have a losing record, and they'll go 4-5. and five. That's how big this AD loss is, especially not even having him on the court uh, as a decoy. Just no, not him out there. That takes the game plan of opposing teams and really helps them out a lot. So that's a huge loss. So who are the top five teams of NBA right now? Moving on. Five, the 76ers. Philadelphia 76ers are five. They would have been higher if they didn't just drop back-to-back games. Uh, This is a team that didn't do that all season, and they did. So I'm going to have to no, no longer give them a pass, even though Joel Embiid is an MVP favorite, along with star LeBron James. Uh, Joel Embiid is two on that list. Uh, this team playing well with Ben Simmons and Danny Green. But I need to see more of them. See the beat a team like the Nets to see if they are really a top-five team. Which is why four is the Suns, Devin Booker has been on fire. They've been winning games recently. CP3s look good. This Phoenix Suns team has looked great. Three, the Clippers. And the Clippers are just good because they're winning without stars Paul George and Kawhi Leonard on the court at the same time. Both of them missing time, one playing. Uh, That's huge if you can find ways to win games without your star players, which is what the Lakers are going to have to do. The Clippers have done a really good job of this. Ty Lue getting it done, uh, playing the part of a great coach. So we'll see how that is. Number two, the Lakers. Uh, as I mentioned, they were on a seven-game win streak. Uh, looked flimsy. They lost to the Nuggets. But, hey, seven games is seven games. Seven wins is seven wins. LeBron's playing like the MVP. Yes, he flopped. Yes, Kuzma flopped. But, nope, you have to give LeBron MVP even when you're flopping out there on the court. And number one, Arva Jazz. I'm not sold on the Jazz yet. Yes, we've gone 18-1 in the stretch, 18 wins with one loss. Rudy Gobert looked like defensive player of the year so far. Donovan Mitchell is dropping points left and right. Royce O'Neal is playing exceptional defense. This team is just great defensively and great from a three. But to me, uh, this is regular season. To me, you are made in the playoffs. Let's talk again in the playoffs and see if they're still there and see where they are down the stretch. But if recently, right now, I have to give props to the Jazz and put them at number one. Now, moving on to college basketball. Michigan basketball is back, folks. Go Blue. They're back. Oh, it's nice to watch Michigan hoops. They were doing so well before their hiatus of three weeks, their first time playing yesterday since January 22nd, uh, 
and it was a scary first half. I thought, wow, three weeks is a lot of time between games. They did not need that three weeks off, and they didn't come out good. They came out looking like they had three weeks off, not practicing, not playing. And I was nervous. They were down at half. But that second half that they played was great against a gritty, tough Wisconsin team. And whenever you play Wisconsin at home, doesn't matter if her stands there or not, you are just getting a different Wisconsin team. Last time Michigan whooped up on Wisconsin, going on some crazy like 46-9 run and just beating them thoroughly, this time was not the case. I thought Wisconsin was going to exact vengeance. But Michigan's second half against Wisconsin was spectacular. They had 40 second half points to Wisconsin 20. They played great offensively and defensively defensively, with the help of Wisconsin going a little cold as well. Uh, Hunter Dickinson, I'm a wooden watch award. Uh, He did not look good offensively yesterday. He was missing shots, uh, didn't have that step to him. but he dominated the boards. His rebounding is exceptional. They, Michigan would jack up threes, uh, two-point mid-range shots, and Dickinson was there in the second half to pull down the rebound, get the second-chance points, draw the fouls. That's huge. He missed some free throws. That is going to have to clear up. But that is what needed is to win, is to dominate the boards, especially offensively. And he did that yesterday. He played the part. He looked well in the second half. Badgers had a good game from their bench. 20 points from their bench. uh, And then only three of their five starters had like three points. So that's huge. They need more from their starters. Wisconsin does. If they are to make a run for March Madness in the postseason uh, with that loss yesterday. That kind of eliminated them from winning the division. Michigan being at 9-1. And Wisconsin being at nine and six, so that was a huge game for Michigan. Uh, that win. Now they played Rutgers on Thursday, and then they have a huge game next Sunday against Ohio State. Which, no matter what happens this week, it will still be a three versus four matchup. Then tonight you have a huge game in Virginia and Florida State. Uh, you have a two seed against a potential three or four seed going up. And, ooh, Florida State is pegged as a favorite. They're at home. Both teams have looked good all season. But Virginia, to me, is looking hot recently, clicking on offense. And then that defense is good, too. There's questions around that. But they said showed up. Tony Bennett gets his guys in order. And Virginia is going to upset them tonight. I'm going with the Cavaliers. Then, in the college football world, you have Gus Malzahn, former Auburn coach, who led them to a national championship uh, appearance, going to UCF, University of Central Florida. I think this is a great hire for him. Uh, Gus Malzahn was a great coach at Auburn, uh, beat Alabama a few times, as I said, led them to a appearance in the national championship game where we lost. But he's looked good as a coach. And to me, I'm a Michigan fan. And I wanted him over Jim Harbaugh. I wanted him to go over there and Jim Harbaugh to get out. 
Uh, Ghost Malzahn has the deep south roots, that south connection, those recruiting that you need in a new UFC, UCF, my bad. That's only going to help them. Uh, this is a team that is used to winning. Uh, they're a team that went 13 or 14 to no, and they deserve to be in the playoff. They would have beat Alabama. They made themselves the national champions. Uh, with Gus Malzahn and a coach like that, he's the one that kind of cement them on the map. I think this is a great hire for them, and I expect more winning seasons for them in the following years. Now moving on to NHL. Our weekend picks that we did. I finished better than Luca. I was three and one. Luca was two and two. And the only reason I won, we all picked the same teams, except he picked against the Golden Knights. I picked them, and he picked the Colorado Avalanche. And you have Mark Andre Fleury pitching a shutout yesterday. That's what he did. Shutout. Uh, Patcheretti with the lone goal. Uh, this game has all kinds of. Uh, final preview type stuff to it, divisional preview, whatever it is this year. Because those teams look so good. Marc-Andre Fleury playing out of his mind right now. He just is. He is playing phenomenal hockey. So good. Uh, trade rumors about him. Uh, Leonard the man. And it looks like the Fleury, the flower, is the man. My team, the Pittsburgh Penguins, won 6-3. to three. Beat the arch rival, hated enemy, Washington Capitals. Uh, two of those were empty netters, but the offense looked good. There was beautiful passing between Crosby and Rust at first line. Crosby, Rust, and Gensel was explosive all game. They looked good. The cookie cutter line of Bluger and Aston Reese and Tanev is amazing. They look good. This offense is clicking. This defense give up more time. Get them healthy. This defense will be really good. I'm high on POJ, Pierre Oliver Joseph. A little nervous on Jari and DeSmith. Uh, they don't look like the people back there to back up this net and be the man to stop all these shots. As a tandem, it's not even a great tandem. Like the flurry Leonard ones you have. So they either need to get a goalie or one of them is going to have to show up and take that spot of being the man in those clutch situations to make big saves. And that's what one of them is going to have to do. Then there was a trade in the NHL. The Ottawa Senators acquired Ryan Dezingle from the Hurricanes for Carolina Hurricanes for Alex Galchenyuk and Cedric Paquette. To me, it was really an interesting trade. It really wasn't needed. To me, Ryan Dezingles looked better than Paquette or Galchenyuk this year. Uh, Dezingle started his career with the Senators, I believe. I know he was on there when he faced the Pittsburgh Penguins in the Eastern Conference Finals. But now he's going back there to the worst team in the league, the Senators, for Galchenyuk and Paquette. Uh, I see this for the Hurricanes making some sense uh, because uh, they're decent. Uh, they're neither of them great. Alex Galchenyuk is not as good as the hype was when he got into the league. Cedric Paquette, known on the Lightning. To me, this just adds depth to the Hurricanes, hoping to make a run. Uh, so we'll see how this pans out for them. I see it being well. I just see the Senators dumping cap space. 
knowing they're not going to be the team to do anything this year. Get the pick. Let's leave that alone. Then, let's pick some games for tonight. Let's do it. Islanders-Sabres. This is interesting. Islanders are playing really well on like a six-point streak or something like that. Of you know They haven't lost in, in regulation in six games, I think, for 3-0-3 in their past six games. So they're playing well defensively, offensively. Seaman Barlamov has played great. Uh, Sabres, I believe, are have dealt with COVID. They're really the worst team in the uh, East Division, but they've only played 10 games. Uh, I do foresee them winning tonight, though. Yes, they just had games postponed and not played, but I see them winning. Uh, I think they'll be upsetting the Islanders tonight, not just against hopeful thinking and hopeful wishes, but I think Jack Eichel is going to get it done, especially if it comes into a shootout overtime. Uh, you have Jack Eichel and Taylor Hall out there. That'll do it for you. Then you have the Blackhawks and the Red Wings. And ooh, I wish my brother was on here right now to talk about the Blackhawks and the Red Wings because I know he'd have a lot to say. But guess what? He's not on here. So I have to pull it off another upset pick. I'm going with the Red Wings. Duncan Keith has looked good. Uh, surprisingly, Patrick Kane has 22 points, uh, playing great. Uh, Dabrinkit has played really good. Alex Dabrinkit, uh, this team offense is clicking really good. To me, it's really their defense is what you have to, or their, excuse me, Mike, their goaltending between Lincoln and Subban and Delia. That's really their main issue. But I think the Red Wings are going to score more goals than them tonight, and I think they're going to get the win. It's going to be interesting. I'll probably be wrong. All my hopeful picks and thinking, that's not going with the brain or gut this year or this time around. And then Flames and Canucks, I'll go with logical choice, and I'll pick the Flames. Canucks have been terrible. I'll just need an easy win since the Blackhawks will probably win and the Islanders. So I'll go with the Flames against the Canucks because the Canucks haven't been able to stop anything this year. They're terrible. Yes, they have a misleading 14 points, but 11 losses in 18 games. They're not that good. And an update since it's President's Day, there was a matinee. The Blues and the Coyotes. Coyotes are up 1-0, surprisingly. End of the second, second intermission. Behind the goal of Clayton Keller. Go Coyotes. That's what I like to see. Beat up on the Blues. Now, moving on from sports. Moving on. You need a drop, tired of sports, we're done with sports. I have to get into a movie review and a show review. My movie review is On the Rocks, exclusively on Apple TV, starring Rashida Jones and Bill Murray. This is one of the shows, movies I needed to watch for the Golden Globes, in which Bill Murray is up for Best Actor in a Supporting Role. And I thought this movie was really, really good. I loved it. I was surprised at how much I liked it. Uh, I kind of wanted to watch it back when it was first released last year, but I didn't. So I'm happy I came back and watched it. Uh, Bill Murray was amazing in that movie. I can see why he's nominated for a Golden Globe, because uh, he was really heartfelt. Uh, he had conflict. He you know, cheated and divorced his wife. Uh, but he just wanted to spend time 
with his daughter, Rashida Jones. Uh, the connection between the two of them was great. The story, the plot was great. It was interesting. It was kind of ones like, hey, you know, you're tracking down your husband who you think is uh, cheating on you. And then I won't get into all those spoiler details. But no, he just wanted to spend time with his daughter, spend quality time with his daughter and be in her life, be in her granddaughter's life. So that was really touching. That movie was really good. Directed great by Sofia Coppola. Uh, the soundtrack was great. The music was great. Uh, really well done. So to me, now I've seen three of the actors who are in the Best Supporting Actor role. Bill Murray, Jared Leto, Sasha Baron Cohen. And to me, Bill Murray's performance was really good. Better than Jared Leto for little things, but not better than Sasha Baron Cohen for the trial of the Chicago 7. It's uh, it's not close. Is it in the realm of close possibility? Yes, but Sasha Baron Cohen's role in the trial of the Chicago 7, his ending monologue on the court stand was amazing. So I'm going to have to give him that. Still have to give him that. Uh, still Leslie Odom for uh, One Night in Miami. And Daniel Kaluuya for... Uh, Judas and Black Messiah. So I have to watch those. But to me, so far, I think Sasha's got it in a bag, but that could change. Bill Murray had a great, great performance. There is no stock news today. It's President's Day, so I don't have no tips, no market tricks for you uh, today. And then finally, ending with WandaVision. Ooh, what an episode that was. This series is Coming along so well. Ooh, it's so good. Uh, Halloween episode next time. Now we're in the 90s. Uh, and it was great. Quicksilver is back. Uh, played by Evan Peters, the Fox one. He was great. The kids, Tommy and Billy, progressing with their powers. Uh, technically, to me, they're mutants. They're not superheroes. They were born with that, which makes them a mutant. Uh, so mutants are now evolving in the MCU. Uh, Vision knows something is up. He was he basically found what was up. He goes to the edge of town uh, where everything's kind of glitched and simulated and not real anymore. Notices he talks to Agnes and uh, gets her to talk. Uses his mind powers and uh, gets her to say that you know why is controlling us? You're you're dead. Not going to get out of here. So then he tries to leave Westview, and he can't leave Westview because he's really dead. So he leaves Westview, and he is dying. Uh, Wanda's kids hear of that, one of their powers. They can hear their dad in distress, and she expands Westview, basically encapsulating all the sword, including Darcy leaving out the director and uh, Monica Rambeau and uh, FBI Wu. So it's going to be interesting to see now. Then it just leaves on her red eyes. What happens now? How upset is she? Does she go to the circus where she knows those people are at and unleashes madness on them? What is going to happen next? It's huge. I've been thinking more about this. And they said there's going to be like a huge kind of cameo at the end. And I only see that as Doctor Strange. Uh, as much as I wanted to be Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans. That's not possible 
at all. It won't be. Uh, maybe Hawkeye, but to me, Hawkeye's not as big as Doctor Strange. This is going to be a tie-in with Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, she is breaking the Multiverse Wanda is. So what better way than for Doctor Strange to come in and save Westview? I think Nightmare is, you know, the ruler of the Dream Dimension. Bad guy, Doctor Strange baddie. He was rumored to be the bad guy in Doctor Strange 2. As this sets up Doctor Strange 2, I can see him uh, taking on Wanda in this. They fight him off, but Doctor Strange is really the one to help out. And this, this sets off the Multiverse of Madness. So, yes, there are so many theories, so many possibilities. This could be three more episodes left of WandaVision, and it's been excellent. Excellent so far. This has been great. This has been Get Your Goat, so I have to end with the Get Your Goat take. And this is something I almost uh, forgot about today. But I think an unpopular take is that all four NFC West teams are going to make the division. I don't think a lot of people are pegging that. I don't think a lot of people are thinking or picking that to happen. I think people are picking the Vikings or the Bears to do something. People always pick the Bears, uh, Cowboys, Redskins, Saints still making the playoffs uh, with one of their quarterbacks. But no, NFC West will be representing this year. There will be, I don't think... Sadly, they won't get the first one. So I could see wild card games, two of the three, being between NFC East teams. And I could see it going this way. I could see the matchups being Seattle versus, uh, what's it called? Seattle versus, no, I lost my thought. Seattle versus the Rams. Actually, no, my bad. I think the Rams are in the division, so I think it'll be Rams versus Cardinals, wild card, and then 49ers versus Seahawks, and the wild card. That, to me, is my realm of possibility. Maybe not one will happen because one of them will get uh, the five seed, which leads to the four seed, and I see the NFC East playing out. But I see that realm of crazy NFC West happening, two of them making it, to the divisional round could have a possible NFC West showdown in the conference championship game, which would be crazy. I don't perceive that craziness, but it is not outside the realm of possible. That is possible. This has been nice. Hope you all had a wonderful weekend. Getting caught up now with work. This has been the Get Your Go podcast. Thank you for listening. Bye, everybody.